Where is your mechanical pencil now, boy? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Erasable Podcast, Incense Cedar House Rules. I am joined tonight by two gentlemen who always rule my house of cedar, Tim Wassum and Andy Welfley. How's it going, guys? Very good. Hi, Johnny. Good. Uh, later, we'll be joined by veritable pencil royalty, Charles Barreltimer, who is the CEO of Cal Cedar's product company, a veteran pencil blogger, and the Zurchbringer of the famous Blackwing pencil. Bless you. <laughs> Gesundheit. Danke. <laughs> Danke. What, so so we're what, start... what is a Zurchbringer? The Zurchbringer uh, is a word I made up because <laughs> Zurchbringen <laughs> means to bring back. And I was thinking of the bringer backer of the Blackwing and saying that over and over again was giving me a headache. And might possibly blow up a microphone. So, plus, you know, <laughs> everything sounds cooler in German. Definitely. Jawohl. Especially if it's got an umlaut. <laughs> <laughs> My terrible German pronunciation. <laughs> so tonight we'll start, as we always do, with our tools of the trade. Our beverage of choice and graphite of choice. You want to go first, Andy? Sure. I am feeling a little under the weather today. It's very, It's kind of cold out, and I was outside all day yesterday, so... Um, I'm actually just drinking a green tea today. Um, it's a really good one. It's a it's made by Rishi. It's called Jade Cloud, and it's just a really, just super kind of simple, simple green tea. It's really good, but uh, mm. it's nice and warm. So, no uh, no whiskey or anything added to that. But actually, I don't know. <laughs> is there anything any alcohol that would go well with green tea? I can't think of anything. Yes, whiskey. Really? Like, seriously, a, seriously? A really nice bourbon. Yeah, something like Basil Hayden in a pretty strong green tea is delicious. Huh. So I hear. <laughs> so they tell me. I, I don't drink myself, but. Word on the street is. <laughs> yeah. It's good for camping trips. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to try that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mix coffee and alcohol a lot, but never, never with tea. Um, and today I'm writing with. Um, a um, an auto point all American jumbo mechanical pencil, which I'll talk a little bit about what the reason why I have one of these little uh, in my fresh my fresh points. But I'm writing in a um, my field notes night sky notebook, just kind of doing doing show notes and things like that. So about halfway through that thing. So yeah, that is my my tools today. How about you, Mister Tim? Well, I'm drinking a creation of my own that I I have chosen to call the state of Franklin. Now are you are either of you familiar with this term? I don't no. think so. Okay. So the the drink consists of two things. At this at this uh incarnation of it. It'll it'll I think it'll get a little more complicated down the road. But uh, the two ingredients are Tennessee whiskey and a beverage called Doctor Enough. E-N-U-F, which is a local soda. It's made in Johnson City. It's mm. outstanding. They, they claim to be the, the original energy drink because it's this kind of vitamin-based soda that's made uh, r- right here. It's Dr. Enough, the original energy booster <laughs> since 1949. Uh, but it's really good. It's kind of a it's sort of lemon-limey, but it's, it's, it's hard to describe. It has almost like a mineral flavor to it. It's really delicious. This uh, bottle's really cool looking. Yeah, yeah. If you're you on just their website, drenough.com. Yep. Yeah, they're really, yeah, really cool looking bottles. And uh, the interesting story about them is that this company, from what I understand, uh, they are actually the original 
inventors of Mountain Dew. Hmm. Mountain Dew was originally a Johnson City, a local Johnson City drink that then was bought by. Is that where that Johnson Pepsi City gold came from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's was talking about my Johnson City, which is disgusting. Which was horribly disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally disgusting. Yeah. I have a friend who's really into soda, and he uh, he had that, and he would just drink it, and I'm like, so I took a took a sip, and it just tasted like it was like a malt beverage without the alcohol. Yeah, which well, I mean, that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh. Yeah, so it's it's a Doctor Enough uh, and whiskey over ice. And I'm calling it the State of Franklin. The only ingredient I can imagine adding to it to make it even more Tennessee-ish would be a certain uh, illegal alcohol that I would need to buy at a truck stop from someone, <laughs> some moonshine. shady guy in the parking lot. Yeah, it's a moonshine. <laughs> we'll see. I like this what? this incarnation. This is really tasty. So, hmm. which Tennessee whiskey are you including? Well, the cheap one today, just <laughs> Evan Williams. Evan Williams uh, is a bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good, but it's nothing like fancy. I like that's what we get for mixing. So, it's good. It's Evan Williams White, hmm. the hundred proof. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm drinking. I am writing with uh, Mitsubishi ninety eight fifty two. HP, fancy Mitsubishi pencil. With my favorite part of it is on the back. Uh, there's a stamp that says "Master Writing," which makes me feel like a master writer when I write with it. <laughs> That's another good T-shirt idea. Yeah, <laughs> master writing. Yeah. Put that on the back. Yeah, uh, yes. and then I'm I'm still writing in my podcast dedicated Red Blood edition. So, what about you, Jen? I actually have had two Irish coffees, um, one with so far. Jameson. So far. They're not easy. And <laughs> I made one with my favorite whiskey, which is also um, a very humble whiskey, and that would be Wild Turkey 101. Mm. So delicious. And so, I don't know, everyone makes fun of me and calls me a redneck for it. I live in the yeah. city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you see um, at least. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm on a mission to perfect my Irish coffee because I made one for a friend of mine last week when we were going through some pencils, and he kind of made a face, and then he politely drank it. So I think my Irish coffee sucks. So I'm working on. What's uh, so what, what you, Explain how you made that one. Um, with his, I made uh, French press coffee, but it was a dark roast, um, sugar. Irish whiskey, and we used condensed milk from a can, which I think was the not good part. I tried to make some tonight with uh, homemade whipped cream, and it was pretty delicious. Hmm. So I need. I, would, I think the condensed cream. milk would be okay because it would it would cut the the whiskey a little bit. I would think uh, it, it had the opposite effect. It made it kind of burn. Huh. If that makes any sense, I'm like ah, oh, I'm not drinking anything. You know, like too a, polite. It's like a milk fire in my mouth. <laughs> fire water is disgusting <laughs> so when I've perfected it I, w- I will update the the group on the perfect recipe you but need a page on the website recipe. of just our various drinks like the podcaster and the state of yeah. Franklin and the coffee we we missed coming out with any um, cold weather drinks because we weren't podcasting last year when it was cold yeah so this, now's, our, now's our time yeah well have some fun I had a really good one I was in Nashville this weekend and there was a a little coffee shop. Well, it wasn't little at all, but it was a local coffee shop that had a drink called, it was just called football season. <laughs> and it was this, 
espresso drink with, of course, milk and then uh, uh, salted caramel mixed in and then a little bit of uh, hot cider. Hmm. It's delicious. No, no alcohol, but yeah, that could be fixed quite easily. <laughs> as long as it's caffeine, we're good. Yeah, I should prefer caffeine. Very true. And uh, I am writing with some dark stuff. I've got a word notebook, stealth book, which we've talked about in here before because they're so awesome. And I have what probably no one else, at least in Maryland, has, and that's a black Stadler Wopex with no eraser, direct from Germany, hmm. because Gunther Schmidt is super nice. And I've said this before, I have the best Wopex collection in North America. <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> the only thing I ever I collect. And I just got some cool Wopex in, from uh, Luke Sinclair, who is awesome. The, well, they're, they're technically the uh, tradition eco, but they're a Wopex, hmm. which is why they're so awesome. We can't talk about Wopex with Charles, also make him cry. <laughs> or, or probably just really angry, because it's the I anti wolf Faber Castell will come out with something as a as an answer to the Wopex because hmm. it'll probably be awesome and yeah. green, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we can move on to our fresh points, which, if I only speak for myself, are always my favorite thing. Hmm. So, do you want to go first? A for Andy. Sure, J for Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the first <laughs> the first thing I should mention <laughs> would be the t-shirts. They um, they have shipped just. Um, uh, Friday, I think, and as of this writing, uh, as of when it comes out, hopefully many of you will have gotten them by now. Um, I believe that many of them are preparing to be delivered on Monday, so I'm really excited. I, I've never, I've seen the quality. Um, Patrick Roan sent me one of his t- his Teespring T-shirts from the Cramped um, when they had their campaign, and that is of of really good quality. But that was one color against against a dark fabric, so uh, ours is three colors. So I'm. I'll be interested to know what the quality's like because I'm hoping and I'm planning on it being very good, but um, uh, it'll be. You know, I I have not seen any preview copies of this, so I'm getting it the same time everybody else is. So, so yeah, that's that's super exciting. Um, did you guys both get the the light blue one? Did did you get it, like the dark one at all? Uh, I just got the, the one. Which would... everyone was sorry. <laughs> which everyone was offered first? So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. So I'm getting that, and uh, my wife got the um, the ladies' fit one. That's a little bit darker of a blue, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, speaking of uh, swag like that, uh, Istvan, and I'm sure Istvan, I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. So I'm, <clears throat> I apologize. He's he's one of our listeners in Hungary, and he uh, he's on the Facebook group. Uh, really interesting guy. He posts a lot of he he's very active in the group. Um, he created some fan art for the pencil army um various iterations of this kind of emblem have had he's adapted some of the pencils from that vector pack um he had a big thing at the top that says uh the pencil army and then a big kind of motto that says we are erasable which i actually kind of like because you know you don't want to if you're in an army you don't want to, to be erasable um and he actually went through and found a latin of uh we came we sharpened we what was it what was it guys we came we wrote we sharpened Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, and some other inter- iterations had that on there, which is pretty fantastic. So uh, Istvan went out and found somebody to turn that into a patch. Um, I think it's going to be Velcro-backed, and he is kind of taking commitments for it over on the Facebook group. So 
Um, if you're interested in signing up for that, I think he's trying to get um, – I think they're, I think maybe they're like $12, and he's going to try to get it down to 10 depending on how many people want to get one. Pretty small, uh, small quantities. But, uh, yeah, if you want something like this, I, I want to get this and put it on my safari jacket. I have – <laughs> I have a an old Cabela safari jacket that I wear in kind of like the the fall and the spring weather, and I think that would look badass on there. So, um, yeah, come come check out Facebook and get in touch with Istvan. We need to come up with like patches for rank and like those little buttons oh, yeah. that generals wear and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes. We we uh we pencil people are apparently fairly uh, anarchist and uh, pacifist, so. I think trying to organize anybody into an army, especially into rank, is going to be hard. <laughs> Worth a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can all just make up our own titles. Um, another thing I was going to mention is um, Retro 51, who is a maker of a, uh, a fountain pens of pencil, mechanical pencils of pens. They were kind enough to send us all um, mechanical pencils. And even though we're not usually mechanical pencil people, we'll make exceptions for good ones. So... Um, I'd be interested to know, um, you know, since we recorded last time, you've you, you guys should have received them and written with them. Mm-hmm. What did what did you think about them? I love it. Yeah, and Ooh. I generally hate mechanical pencils. <laughs> which one did you get, Johnny? I got the one called Albert, which my wife helped me pick out. It has um, sort of equations from Einstein, and the trim is sort of antiqued. Mm. If that's a verb, but it's very cool. I really like it. It's really smooth. I like that it came with extra leads and extra erasers. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. I, I just I, lo- I really love the shape of them. I I, um, I actually had a mechanical pencil from before um, that I was using, and so they sent me a, a rollerball. And um, I mean, just all of the, the shape is just really pleasing and nice. They're smaller. They kind of fit. Uh, what would you say? Maybe about four four and a half inches or so. Uh, maybe even less. Yeah, like yeah three they, and a half or four. They go really well with like a little pocket notebook, like a word or a field notes or something. Yeah, the clip is, like, seriously strong. Yeah. How about you, Tim? I got the the stealth version, which is the matte black. Mm-hmm. And I love ninja. it, too. It's, yeah, my ninja. My ninja <laughs> pencil, because ninja. Can you throw um, it and have it, you know, stick into a wall like a ninja star? I've, I've only tried once, and it didn't go so well. <laughs> um, broke some glass, but... <laughs> no, I like it. It's the. It takes a little getting used to the the size of the graphite, but it's a bit bigger than I'm used to. Even when we had the one touch tool from Monteverde, mm. when, when we got those, that was something to get used to. Cause that was, what was that? 0.9. And mm. these are 1.15, I think. Uh, and I, yeah, I like it. I've gotten used to it and it just has a really nice weight to it. Nice. feels good in the hand is, uh, or feels comfortable to hold as Mike Hurley would say. Yeah. Um, but I like it a lot and I've, Used it at school a good bit. Uh, yeah, I, I do I say, I say I like it a lot. I do kind of wish I could get it in a smaller lead, but hmm. that's not that big of a deal, you yeah. know. I I still like it enough to use it pretty regularly. So, and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They um they have a lot of for you people who use ink out there. They have a lot of really good fountain pens and roller balls. Um, I know that Mike Hurley really really loves it. He he talks about it a lot. Um, they have a tornado touch pen that has a stylus on the top and the way it's shaped it kind of looks like a little derby hat and uh so so they just went ahead and just put a mustache on it so yeah <laughs> go all the way yeah the, so the roller balls really are fantastic yeah I, i've had one of those for a long time actually my first jet pens order included a, a retro 51 and 
I love that thing. I yeah. use it all the time. So I use it at school a lot when I when I need to. Uh, if I use a pen, that's one that I'll use because you know fountain pens they'll dry out if you leave them sitting out. So yeah, if I have to use pen. That's usually what I pick up. So I got the I, the color I got was the. Um, it's called the Lincoln. It's kind of a brushed copper and it's just gorgeous. I just love that yeah. brushed copper. Uh, I, I have picked that. <laughs> I have that. I have that in, uh, in rollerball. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, the next thing I was going to mention, um, kind of going, going back to the Facebook group, I, I don't mean to keep bringing up the Facebook group for those of you who decided not to be on Facebook there, but there's a lot of very cool stuff happening over there. Um, the thing that is happening right now is that they are organizing, a European pencil swap. So we've talked about the U.S. pencil swap before. Um, they got, oh, maybe like 12 people who are interested in this. And the first person starts off and they they have a list of the addresses. And they'll send maybe some extras, some of their favorite things to the second person who will then kind of pick out some stuff that they want, add some stuff, and send it on to the third person, et cetera, et cetera. And it eventually winds its way back up to the first person. So um, I've seen some pictures of that. It's, it goes it looks like it went really well um and so um oh man i'm gonna mispronounce this name it's a guy from luxembourg uh gillis kooten is what i'm gonna say uh he and our friend thorsten uh stephen owen and uh and himself are organizing a european pencil swap so or as they say at the first european erasable community swapathon um they're gonna start <laughs> off awesome. a package with um maybe some pencils and some notebooks and Looks like they need one more person in uh, the EU um, or UK or you know somewhere over on that continent um, to join in. So they're gonna they're gonna start that. Um, that's just really cool. So if anybody listens here is not part of the Facebook group, let me know, um, and I'll kind of hook you up with the guys who are doing this. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Did any of you guys do the Swapathon in the US? I didn't. No. Yeah, I, I think. Forgot. It was kind of organized independently, and I just had a lot of like stuff with the podcast going on. I think so. Next time they do it, I think I'll join in. Yeah. Um, and the final kind of let the last thing I was going to mention is, um, you know, I did a uh, a review of the um, the new Ride in the Rain mechanical pencil, and uh, it went really well. But I I did not realize that it is very very similar to uh, a company called AutoPoint, which makes mechanical pencils. And in fact, it is made by AutoPoint um, with a few differences. So um, the trouble is it's also uh, about twice as expensive as an AutoPoint pencil, the, the right in the rain pencil is. So hmm. I posted that and I had a few people be like, hey, you should really be upfront with people and tell them that this is made by AutoPoint and you can get an uh, identical pencil for half the price. And so I was like, whoa, I, I actually didn't know that. So I I'm not f too familiar with a lot of the mechanical pencil brands out there. So um, I found a, a reader who reached out to me, and and we we swapped. I had an extra one of those right-in-the-rain pencils, and I sent it to him, and he sent me an auto point. So um, it's very similar to the Jumbo um, All-American pencil. Uh, it's made in the U.S. Um, so he sent it to me. It looks like that maybe that this is an octagonal or a whatever has ten sides. Desogonal? I'm going to say that's what I'm going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dectagonal. I'm going to, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, so I, I have that and it. It is very similar to that right in the rain one. I do not, I have not yet compared the two of them. Uh, hopefully this week I'll get kind of a comparative blog post going up about it. So, um, so I definitely wanted to kind of be upfront with my readers and listeners and just kind of fill everybody in about that. It's because 
I yeah, have no idea if it's the same quality or not. So we'll check it out. Um, but I also took a little video of um, of me. I, you know, I had these these right in the right notebooks. So I decided, you know, let's just I'm just going to hold these and get my wife to spray me with a hose and you know <laughs> see if the paper lasts. So that was a that was a fun video to make. I'll post a that, link to it in show notes. That was very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah it's probably more fun to watch yeah it was i we recorded and i used my uh my iphone that has that slow-mo feature so at the end i i just posted a a slow motion um clip of me just getting sprayed in the face with the hose you make a a (laughs) gif of yourself doing that oh yeah oh that's a good idea (laughs) that could be the episode's image (laughs) no pressure So that was my, you know, I, di- I didn't do the ice bucket challenge thing, which I feel a little guilty about, but I was just, just I was kind of over it by that point. Um, <laughs> so I, so this is this is my answer to the ice bucket challenge, the hose in the face paper review challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about all I have for show notes. Um, Tim, how about you? Uh, first thing I wanted to bring up was, I don't know if you've seen these pictures on Instagram, but the Metal Shop CT Huckleberry Woodchuck bullet pencils are you know rising back up we're seeing more pictures uh of the bullet pencils now in their anodized colored form and they look they're so beautiful they look so good and then there is uh, huckleberry woodchuck posted uh, some pictures of i guess the anodized samples he had gotten paired with some of those cool uh handkerchiefs that he makes Mm. and that's one of my favorite pictures that looks really great and i the red, I just can't get enough of that red one. It looks so good. I like and the that, green one the best with that mm-hmm. with that brass uh, cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for these to come out. I yeah. can't just couldn't come soon enough. <laughs> I've just been looking at those pictures uh, all the time <laughs> over the last couple of days. I can't stop looking at them, uh, and I just you know judging by what I had seen when we had the uh, the sample, they mm-hmm. do look. They look more, you know, streamlined, and it looks like they've worked out some kinks, and it just looks like it's going to be a great, a great product. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands, uh, hands on one or six. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> By the way, the other uh, the other bullet pencil Kickstarter, the ST, um, you know, we had him on the show. Um, mm-hmm. That one has uh, was successfully funded, and he is now in production. So, yeah, quick update awesome. for those of you who are not part of that that group, that original yeah. pledging group. That's a good. It's the the age of the bullet pencils yeah. rising up again. And and I think they'll <laughs> complement each other really well. They're mm-hmm. you know, they both have a lot of strengths and kind of, you know, things they focus on. So Yeah, and style wise they're pretty 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 different. Yeah, they're pretty uh, independent of each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, another thing is I, I was complaining, I think on the last episode about pencils in the classroom and about how probably Ninety-eight percent, ninety-five percent of my kids use mechanical pencils, and now I'm seeing the the fallout of those mechanical pencils as they're all being lost and they're all being broken. And I can sort of tell. You're just throwing your head back and laughing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, but so what's what's happening? What now? <laughs> <laughs> I turn the lights out and then I say that I'm going to record you and then just play that my classroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's um, going on the front of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let's so, let's get a good one for our our intro, Johnny. Where is your mechanical pencil now, boy? 
<laughs> and invoke Perfect. Tim Curry from Legend. <laughs> Give it to me, boy. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start that part over. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tim. <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, so what's happened uh, in the pencils in the classroom situation that I talked about last week is that now the mechanical pencils are all being broken or lost by all these kids. And I can tell that the result of that is that their parents are refusing them to buy them the expensive mechanical pencils. And so now they all have you know, the wooden pencils are starting to come out. And also the kids are clinging to them for dear life because they don't want to lose them. So I'm seeing kids use pencils down to a stub because uh, they must have gotten some kind of ultimatum. So now they just have to use it. <laughs> and they, some uh, the uh, clerk, you know, the old sharpener in my room is getting a lot of <laughs> getting a lot of play these days. So that's a, some some positive news for the pencil world and schools. So once the once the cheap pencils break, they go back to old faithful. So yeah. Um, Oh, and then hang on a second. I need to I need to write something down. That's a funny sounding pencil. Okay. Don't talk to pencil, that. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really bear down on it when I write. <laughs> uh, that is, <laughs> I was going to mention this is my my other analog love that has returned to me, and I, uh, a Hermes three thousand typewriter that I bought in college that was broken when I bought it, and I knew that when I bought it. Um, uh, it was broken, and that was about six or seven years ago, and I finally had it repaired, and I picked it up today, and I love it. And I just I was typing random letters right there, <laughs> and I just thought I would point out that the last thing I typed just by, just by chance was thuggy. <laughs> thuggy? Like, like the adjective form of thug. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a Hermes 3000 typewriter that – I had found out about it because I was a fan of Larry McMurtry, the guy who wrote Lonesome Dove, uh, and saw him interviewed, and he had said that he had written everything, published everything on one of these, and that was back when I first started collecting them, and they were pretty expensive even at the time, and I found a broken one uh, on eBay. I had to pay more for shipping than I did for the actual typewriter, and they sent it to me, and just about a year ago, I found a guy close by who retired from the Chicago area actually, and moved down here, and he's repairing typewriters in his retirement. So really nice gentleman, Vietnam veteran, uh, living over in Irwin. So, hmm. so yeah, that's the other. I love big, love the color of your of that typewriter. Yeah, it's that beautiful kind of mint. It's, I don't know if it's really a mint. It's like a soft mint green. Yeah. Kind of. uh, and it's a, it's, yeah, it's a really stunning machine. I'm really happy to have it back. And he cleaned it up, and it just it looks good as new. It's pretty amazing. Uh, he he pulled it apart. He said he spent about ten hours on it. And I, I asked him how much he he uh, would charge me for the repair, and he sent me back a message that said, "Well, auto mechanics charge about thirty to forty dollars an hour, and typewriters are a lot more detail oriented. So how about about four hundred dollars?" Was of a joke. But then he said, "But since you're a teacher, well, I'll give you a discount. <laughs> it was a substantial discount, but." So yeah, so I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to getting some some typewriter writing back into my life for the first time in a while. I have other ones, but this is the one that I've always wanted to really be using. So yeah, can you can you stick a field notes in there and type on that? <laughs> yeah, I probably could. <laughs> so it's cool. actually what I typed when I was typing that. It says, and I was not paying attention. It says kick 
fig, figoot, thuggy. It was like surprisingly <laughs> wordish, you know, like I didn't, I actually got vowels in there. That was kind of impressive. Hmm. That's all I've got. How about you, Johnny? Awesome. Well, um, Stadler has been ruling my life so much from the last two reviews that I did on Pencil Revolution that my, the little crock that I put uh, pencil shavings in smells like plastic because <laughs> there have been so many Wopex and sharpened into it. Don't try to burn that so, in, a, as, in a fire as kindling. Yeah, I'm trying to separate those. I don't want to die. <laughs> it's probably something really evil in it. But um, as I mentioned on on uh, Pencil Revolution, you can find some cool Stadler reviews. Um, Neon Wopexen, which I think are so pretty, and a product they have called the Pencil, which is sort of their answer to Faber-Castell's Perfect Pencil. But, but it, it's different in a lot of ways. The refills have um, a stylus on the end, or styli on the ends. Um, and they're made they're of black and with styli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to get a, a German word for that. Um, uh, they're, not, they're not coated. It's weird. They don't have the rubbery thing. They're almost like a naked Wopex. They're really cool. Hmm. So if you're a Wopex fan, they're really neat. But um, they cost $79 for the set of uh, the cap and three pencils. But you can buy them at Cult Pens for 35 pounds, which I think is like 50 bucks. Hmm. So they have flat rate shipping to the U.S. So you can get some of the other really cool Wopexes they have from there. It's stuck up. I don't think yeah, Statler would get mad if you bought them from there instead of Statler. Um, another they, cool thing they I always found, oh I'm real sorry? quick um, they always look so like with that thing on the end of it with the eraser and with the um, the sharpener it always looks so ungainly to me like I don't know if they feel ungainly when you're using them but well the the Faber Castell one weighs like eight pounds yeah it's impossible to use like your shirt falls off you put it in your pocket it's weird yeah <laughs> but this one is it's um, it's plastic and the cap is metal. So the cap, or, I'm sorry, the clip is metal. So the clip works really well, but you can actually put it in your pocket and not lose your shirt. That's good. Which is awesome. Yeah. And the, the stylus ends are a lot more normally sized than they look. They look huge in the pictures. Yeah. But they're just a regular size, well, not eraser. It's almost like a plastic ferrule. And they fit really well into the extender. They're really nice. Really, really cool product. Well, why, um, do, why do they cost $79? Because they're, they're made of, they're plastic, no. right? Yeah, the refill pencils are $19. I don't know if that's for one or three. It looks like it's for one. But still. And they're very nice pencils, but I, wouldn't, I would not pay $19 for one. Yeah. But the cool thing is this thing will hold uh, regularly sized pencils in it. Like you could just stick your regular Wopex in there, and it matches really well because of the silver. Whereas with the Faber-Castell Perfect Pencil, you've got to buy those $10 a piece pencils that are very pretty but not very practical. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which one of our community members mentioned a seller on eBay who was selling Papermate Mongols, but he mentioned that they weren't very good, but, you know, I couldn't resist. So I ordered a set, and or a dozen. They're really cool. They're round, modern production Mongols. Hmm. But they have... I'm um, holding one in my hand. They have the ferrule Sorry. and everything in them? They have the ferrule, but the gold band is done pretty badly. Hmm. But uh, they have a pink pearl, like the old style pink pearl with the pumice in it, which is pretty cool. Hmm. It because I have raises. I have a Faber Castell round Mongol. Um, I think maybe you sent it to me, Johnny. Or maybe no, you, Tim sent it. Tim, the, Tim, yeah, Tim, Tim, yeah, the, the like that one's really cool. Works really yeah, well. Yeah, that's one of my mm-hmm. prized pencils. Yeah, but these these do say wood clinched on them. Yes. For Andy. 
uh, and they say it uh, maybe two and a half inches from the end, so you can see it for a while. Usually they put it so close to the end, they sharpen right off. Yeah. Um, the erasers are super tumbled, so they're round. They're very attractive. Hmm. Um, I guess, you know, it's it's on par with uh, the Mexican Dixons paint-wise and uh, core-wise. It's not terribly smooth, but it's very nice. I like it a lot. I've been writing with one all week because I started reading The Grapes of Wrath and something akin to this was mm. something that Mr. Steinbeck liked. Um, also, I had a birthday recently that I don't want to talk about because it was one of those ones that ends at a five. And I got a lot of really cool... 105? Treats. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yet. that's a big one. <laughs> but I got a, uh, some cool stuff from a store in Boston and Cambridge called Black Ink that sells a lot of pencil stuff, even though they're called Black Ink. Um, like they sell a pencil dispenser and uh, General's test scoring pencils in it, which is the coolest treat. That was one of my Valentine's presents a year or two ago uh, from my wife, which is super awesome. But uh, anyway, I got a cool pencil case with Edgar Allan Poe on it and a dozen blue Palominos inside. So if my wife's listening, I said one gross, which is 12 dozen. (laughs) I got kicked and she said some things to me that I won't repeat on the podcast when I pointed that out. (laughs) And I also got a second pencil case from my wife with owls and a throw quotation, which is pretty cool. And... We had a, there was a little surprise birthday party at my house last week, and Mr. Joe Lebo, who was one of our most loyal and awesome listeners, came with his wife, who was also super nice. And they brought me a cool dozen of old blue-black no-blot pencils, mm. which in a super prized position in the archive. Yeah. I haven't actually nice. sharp sharp yet, but I will. They're round. They're so pretty. Hmm. Like, hmm. But I didn't get to show Joe the archive because I don't remember what happened. The part it just got late, mm-hmm. so you'll have to come back over to my house. You guys have to come too. I hear once you go into the archives, you never emerge. Is that correct? No, I just like send you home with a dozen pencils in your pocket. It's <laughs> <laughs> some pencils. <laughs> I I tried to do some organizing last week, and I'm just like ashamed of how many pencils I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, I like that pencil a lot, and with the way things are going recently. You know, they might not make it anymore, or they might change it, or they might make it overseas, or you know, do something horrible like put micro ban on it. So you know, get three dozen, put them away. <laughs> but you know, my house is gonna burn down one day from this. So <laughs> I'm trying to put the brakes on it a little bit. But it's gonna smell great when it does, right? My bedroom does smell really good. It smells like maybe <laughs> cedar. Yeah, there's a corner of my dining room that smells like cedar when you walk by. Although now it smells like Wopex jammings. <laughs> which not really a good smell. It's like a tire factory. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of smell burnt when you take them out of the box. Hmm. It's kind of weird. Like when you if you drop a piece of pasta underneath the burner. It kind of oh, smells yeah. Smells like, <laughs> That's burnt. what they're made of. <laughs> burnt pasta. <laughs> <laughs> they're made in so, Italy. Yeah. That's the secret. <laughs> Put some tomato sauce on them. <laughs> uh, my last point is something that we probably all have much to say about, and that is those... Damn new field notes. <laughs> my like, my retinas are still burning. I thought something was wrong with my phone when I saw them. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I've cussed twice. Um, I mean, I was initially irked that I have a subscription and now I have to trade if I want all six. But, I mean, I have two more packs on the way. But, I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's bringing everybody together. I like that, mm-hmm. like Andy said, it's kind of like a middle finger to the collectors. Which <laughs> is pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> What's interesting is Gary, um, Gary Varner, who's in the group and is starting a um, 
notebook and pencil sh- online shop. Um, he's taken some apart and ha- is offering um, single color packs. So he has everything but blue. So if like let's say you wanted just one, um, you wanted a pack of like three pink ones, he'll sell you that. So I did that. Did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't do I didn't do one color. I did three different, but he let me pick the colors that I wanted. That's awesome. I need to get a. Um, I, I have every color but pink, so I need to get. Uh, get a hold of him I, and do that. I'm missing two. I'm missing orange and purple, which are the color of our sports teams here in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. So I've got to remedy that. <laughs> so I've got two packs coming this week. If I don't get them, I'm just going to get really desperate to start selling off some of my vintage pencils or something. <laughs> so you mentioned about how, um, you know, it's kind of an anti-collector's edition. And there was a really um, interesting discussion that kind of emerged on our in our group when we were talking about this. Um, Heath posted a link to, that's right when they they sort of first announced the collection before they announced the what it actually looked like you know they were talking about how they're going to come sealed in an opaque um, paper envelope and so you don't know what's in there until you actually open it up um, so it kind of by nature in order to see if you have completed your set you are devaluing your your set so it's kind of a, a lose-lose situation for collectors but i guess at the same time though if it's the only way then it'll still have the same amount of value it just won't be wrapped yeah you know? and, and that's that's part of it too. You know, this whole thing kind of depends on what the kind of collective perception of value is. So if that's the only way you can do it and it's understandable that it's, you know, that you have to break it in order to see it. But then a friend of mine um, pointed out that it's actually the ultimate collector's edition because you're actually sort of creating a, like a meta collection on top of that. You're going to have people who are not necessarily interested in the, um, the colors inside, but are interested in the sealed packs, knowing of course that, the sealed packs are going to be rare because people are opening them to see what's in it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of interesting to me. After everybody, you know, has all the colors they want and all that stuff, you know, people are going to be searching for the unsealed packs. And it's uh, it's interesting on Field Notes parts because, you know, people are buying, you know, more of this than, than they have of other sets just to make sure that they can get, you know, they might be buying three or four sets to, in order to make sure they have a complete collection. So... It's uh, it's not something like I originally thought in that, um, you know, they're sort of like thumbing their nose at the collectors or, you know, just kind of like trolling them a little bit. But they're probably actually making making the collectors a little bit more, you know, foaming at the mouth. And, of course, I, <laughs> I say this, of course, as somebody who, you know, has tried to – see, I, I'm, I'm kind of a collector or – really a hoarder kind of in spite of myself. Like I'm, I'm trying to, to be good and just buying kind of what I need and just enough. So I know, know I'll use them. But, um, some, Oh man, who was it who posted in the group of, uh, maybe it was in the field nuts group group. They posted the phrase Sable and it's something like our, uh, supply. Oh, I have to find this. Did you guys see this? It's an acronym, yeah. Sable. Oh, is that the thing that was on the Panatic? Yeah, it's, that's right. That's right. I'm trying to, think of what that acronym stands for but go listen to the pen addict i'll have a link in show notes but yeah basically is i don't remember the exact wording but it's basically saying that you have more things than you'll be able to use in a lifetime yeah <laughs> and i go through field notes pretty slowly and i'm embarrassed to say that i probably have way more field notes than i'd actually ever use but i i like to think that someday i will use them and so i'm definitely not somebody who's going to spend you know hundreds of dollars on a pack of field notes like you know that grass stained green pack just went on eBay for two hundred and fifty bucks, something like that. And 
That's just insane. <laughs> stash stash acquisition beyond life expectancy. Yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think they're gorgeous. Um, I really like the cover. Uh, my wife has had one in a purse just for a couple of days now, and um, it's already starting to show some wear, so I think it's a little bit thinner of a cover than other other editions. Um, but the you know the colors are wonderful, and uh, I have noticed that this is the first edition that I can tell that has started putting the register registered trademark on the cover um, next to the field notes uh, emblem. So it looks like it's something they're trying to do a lot more production of their brand, which you know for better or for worse, for better for them obviously. Um, yeah, that's 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 interesting, but it's gorgeous colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not using them. <clears throat> sorry, I'm not using them till I get all six, and then yeah. I will fill them up. Yeah, and I and I love but, the I love that they're using that same. Um, how do you say that? Is it reticle graph reticle? Reticle. I think so. Oh, yeah, R E T I C L E. It's that that dot grid with the with the cross. It's ridicule. Ridicule. It's the ridicule graph. Yeah, they're I'll... really making fun of collectors. <laughs> the video is amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that the video is so funny. The video is great. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to it at work, and you know, Aaron Draplin just at the end. I'm sorry, yeah. anonymous yeah. field notes fan at the end. Yeah. Enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love that paper a lot. So I'm I'm looking forward to having more. I I have a you know some night sky notebooks that uh, that Tim sent me. Uh, well, you sent me one of them, and I think I traded for some more of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still on the one that you that you sent me, Tim. Um, nice. And I I like that paper a lot. It's kind of the best of the best of regular graph and dot graph to me. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Really? But um, when the nice guys came out, Henry was just born, and I wasn't sleeping. So that could have a lot to do with it. I kind of <laughs> hated everything. It wasn't coffee for those couple of months. It wasn't the sun or the coffee. I didn't really like it. But <laughs> my spare sets put away. Those are like his birth set. That's cool. That's neat. And I've got a valuable set put away for Charlotte of the uh, Packet of Sunshine. Hmm. Oh, those That's are pretty awesome. Too. Yeah. I'm the best dad ever. You are. <laughs> Except they're going to be like, well, some dads buy their kids cars and you're getting yeah. me some notebooks. College. Yeah, but by then you could sell it for a car. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Find some guy that'll spend twenty thousand dollars on three notebooks. <laughs> Not that far away. And then Brad Dowdy gets it and just writes in it and gets, gets Aaron <laughs> Draplin to sign the cover. <laughs> that was the coolest thing I saw on the internet all week. Oh yeah, that was super cool. Including the new field notes themselves. Yeah. What do you guys think about the new um the XOXO limited limited set? Did you see that one? That hurts my eyes too. Yeah. That one's cool. It's a they it looks like they just took some of the misprints, um, or some of like the you know the edge cases and and made those the covers, which I I think is fabulous. I think that's really it could neat. be the greenest edition. The what they've reused? They could be the greenest edition they've reused. Yeah, their stock. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, those are super cool, and everybody's clamoring to get a, get a hold of one from. I'm I'm sure that Brad is. You know, he's at the XOXO Fest, and I'm sure he's gotten so many requests from people for some of those notebooks. He'll fill his because he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not the people that don't feel those aren't awesome. Just maybe not as awesome as Brad. <laughs> Nobody's as awesome as Brad. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yep. Except you guys. Well, and you too. Fear. <laughs> should we uh <laughs> should we talk to Charles? Yeah. Get him on the horn. Bring him on. Let's do it. Cool. 
Well, we're lucky enough tonight to be joined by Mr. Charles Bailtimer, CEO of Cal Cedar and the Zeruchbringer of the Blackwing, which is Isn't the he... word we're using for the bringer backer. The bringer backer. I looked that <laughs> up in the in the uh, dictionary. Couldn't find that one there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's got to be a good German word for that. Yeah, we might have made it up. Yeah. I totally made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Revivalist. How about that? There we go. Yeah, that works better. <laughs> Probably sounds really good in German. <laughs> so, so thanks for joining us, have... Charles. Well, it's, I'm really excited to be joining you. You guys are doing a great job with this uh, podcast. It's been fun to listen to a number of your episodes, and thanks for having me on. Excellent. So we have a list of questions we were hoping to ask you that we sent you as talking points, and we're not going to use those. We're going to use some... No, I'm just kidding. So... Um... <laughs> bad joke so we were hoping that you could talk about your background uh your family's background and your background in pencil manufacturing and then after that maybe a little bit about what cal cedar does for folks that might not know sure uh well the, our our family the Berlsheimer family hails from originally from furt near nuremberg in in bavaria and uh we began producing the family began producing pencils in the 1850s uh, Daniel Berlsheimer had formed a partnership with the Ilfelder part family and Berlsheimer and Ilfelder Pencil Company uh, produced there in Firth, Germany for an, about three to five years and then began a, a New York-based uh, sales company to export to the U.S. market and eventually actually relocated within about five to seven years, actually started pencil manufacturing in uh, New York and uh, founded the Eagle Pencil Company. So the Eagle Pencil Company uh, really was run within a few years. Uh, Daniel passed and Heinrich Berlsheimer, who was my great-great-grandfather, he uh, built the company up for a number of years, living both, well, he pretty much stayed in Germany most of the time, living there, lived there. He never moved to the U.S., but he traveled back and forth a lot. And then when his sons came into the business, uh, Emil, and then eventually my great-grandfather, Philip, uh, joined the businesses in the 1880s or so, they were they both emigrated to the U.S. and, and ran the company for a number of years. So Eagle Pencil Company, uh, been around, long, around for a long time. It uh, became one of what was considered around the 1900 or so, what they called, they used to call the big four companies uh, of pencil manufacturers in the U.S. That was Dixon and Eagle and American Pencil Company. And let's see, what would the other one have been? I'm not quite sure what the fourth, fourth would have been at that time, but... Um, I just imagine and, you guys just sitting around a big table like the mob bosses of Chicago, just talking about <laughs> pencils. I I, I, can't, I, I don't know. I do, I'm fortunate. We, do, we are fortunate to have some correspondence, some letters between Emil Berlsheimer and uh, a manager who was a long time, like a chief operating manager for the company for 30 years or so. And uh, the Berlsheimers, would, they'd go back to Europe on their European tour and go to see uh, their father Heinrich and and things like that over the years. So everything there, you know, we didn't have the benefit of texts and emails. <laughs> they were sending letters back and forth. So there's a great. We've got about a hundred pages of letters over 25 years or so that we've seen. That's cool. That uh, that talk a lot about the kind of things that were up with the business and things like that. As the, these were the reports from the 
from this operations manager. So it's pretty interesting to do, but we stayed in that business uh, right into the twenties or so. And then in, in the mid twenties, we now we're getting three generations into the business. My grandfather was coming of age. His cousins uh, were getting into the business. And as is typical with most family businesses, you tend to have uh, some differences of opinion after a few <laughs> years. It's tough to keep many businesses, family businesses together for multiple generations. So one thing led to another. My great grandfather, Philip, uh, you know, became more interested in politics. He ran, he was actually Chamberlain of New York City and ran for Congress and <laughs> and uh, ran Parks Commission and ran Arts, the music program in, the, in Central Park, actually, uh, cool. for a number of years. But uh, anyway, one thing led to the other, and, and the family business interests were separated, and our side of the family uh, sold out to our cousins, who eventually changed their name from Berylsheimer to Beryl, and that's how Eagle Pencil Company eventually, in the 50s or so, was renamed to Beryl Corporation. And they stayed in the pencil business till the mid 1980s. And uh, in about 1927 or so, my grandfather moved from New York at, to California and purchased California Cedar Products Company in 1927. Uh, do, do you think they dropped the Heimer just because of the kind of anti-German sentiment sentiment around there? Around there? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think just be just to be more into the i don't know if it was anti-german as much as 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 uh you know there was a, there was some jewish heritage for the family mm. so mm -hmm. uh i think that was that most of the family i think pretty much all converted to christianity but mm -hmm. uh, i think it was that was more of it gotcha. to be more accepted in society i guess but yeah anyway uh so that's you know to our side of the family the california branch as we call it which really starts with my grandfather charles for who i'm named uh basically came to California and purchased California Cedar Products Company a few years after we had sold out from Eagle. And California Cedar Products was a startup uh, slat manufacturer at the time in that period from about eight, 1908 or nine, to 1910 or so was when uh, the industry started to explore incense cedar that grows in California and Oregon as a substitute for eastern red cedar that was growing throughout the southeastern U.S. And uh, so Cal Cedar came out, my, gra my grandfather came out, and he was a scientist by training. He really focused on building the technical advances in wood science and mach wood machine, the treatment of the slats with waxes and stains, and introducing you know quality processes and, and developing a quality product and visiting customers all over the world uh, to, to supply the wooden slats. The wooden slats were are the most expensive component of of most pencils generally mm -hmm. and uh traditionally most pencil companies were pretty much vertically integrated they you know some bought slats but most actually managed uh sawmills and slat factories to produce their own slats but uh, by focusing on that and the challenge of these other businesses many of them were starting to get into pens they called them stilos and things like that and and diversifying their product mixes so it became more efficient over time for many of the traditional pencil manufacturers to kind of discontinue their slat production operations or wood supply operations and rely on independent suppliers like california cedar Hudson uh, was actually a subsidiary of Barrel uh, or or Eagle, so that was but but they produced for the 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 Barrel corporations for many years and and 
also supplied other companies as well, but they were an independent operating company. And there were a number of other manufacturers starting up in California and Oregon, you know, probably over the first 25, 30 years of the, of the, of the century. So basically since 27, 1927, our family uh, has been at Cal Cedar building, building that business. Our, our primary business is the supply of wood to pencil manufacturers. My father and uncle both uh, entered the business eventually and, um, and uh, eventually I came into the business as well. We've done, you know, a lot of things over the years, but Cedar has been, and the wood supply has been our core for the business, I would say, uh, historically. And then uh, that's kind of that's kind of the history of the business, you know, leading up till the late 90s or so when things began to change with globalization and things like that. And there's been a lot of changes in the pencil industry globally in the in the last 20 years or so. But, yeah. So how did um, how did California Stationers slash Pencils dot com start off? Kind of before we get to the the big meat of the topic, which I think would be when we talk about Blackwing a little bit. Um, you know, I the first introduction I ever had to talking about pencils on the internet, um, or really just being interested in good pencils, was with a Golden Bear and a Prospector and a Palomino, and I, you know, had never heard of them before. I just got them through pencil things. Um, how did you get started making those? Well, uh, it kind of started. It was kind of started as an experiment, I would say. Um, in the mid '90s, the web was kind of starting to come on. We were seeing competition for cedar uh, from other species of wood coming from Indonesia, uh, other kinds of substitutes. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, unsustainably harvested. Uh, you know, in Indonesia and other countries in the, in the Southeast Asia. And we had started the pencils.com website originally as the, what was called the Cal, the incense cedar Institute pencil pages. It was purely an informational page just supported some teacher student education paths. We developed on the basically were promotion for incense cedar that, uh, that you that basically talked about renewable resources, the qualities of wood and the different types of woods that were being used around the world and had some educational things on, you know, history of pencils. A lot of that content now is kind of up on pencils.com still yeah. as as educational content. But that's basically what the site was for a number of years. And we started getting a lot of you know, we didn't really do much for after about three to five years of promotions. It was kind of a it was an industry organization between Cal Cedar and a couple other competitors that were in the cedar business that were formed an industry association to promote cedar. Hmm. And uh, eventually uh, the market, as we were seeing more competition with Chinese pencils coming in the market and other things like that, uh, the companies actually ended up consolidating the companies buying out the other companies. And so the Incense Cedar Institute kind of basically went away. It sat on the web as pencils.com wasn't called pencils.com. And we started getting, you know, a lot of email inquiries from teachers and people about where can they buy good pencils anymore that they're always getting their classroom disrupted with poor quality pencils and so we looked around at the market yeah. and we looked around at our customer base and we just decided let's do something kind of unique and interesting let's let's see if we can produce our own brand really as a more of a, prom a promotion it was this is about 2000 
three or four now, we were starting to get involved with manufacturing pencils ourselves because we felt that our customers around the world, many of them were making decisions about either buying wood or buying pencils, whether they were raw pencils that they would finish or finished package pencils. And we saw that, you know, ultimately for a strategy of the company, we may need to be in the pencil manufacturing business to provide our customers a broader selection. So mm. we created the California Republic Stationers range mainly to utilize the different woods, the cedar and basswood slats that we were using at that time, and to be able to produce something to demonstrate to our customers uh, around the world for slats that uh, if they wanted to make buy pencils rather than make them, they should look at talking to us rather than going and buying from some new producer coming out of Asia, yeah. out of China. So that was kind of the strategy around that. Um, and it was a way to learn to good, make a good quality pencil ourselves as part of, we started that process. So that's how we got into it. And, that's awesome. uh, we picked the Palomino range. Really, we just, you know, mostly we used, uh, our other customers around the world to produce for us. And I was, uh, we did have a factory for about five years in Thailand where hmm. we were doing a lot of OEM pencils for a lot of our customers. And I was explaining to a, a few people on, in the Facebook group about, you know, they were like, why is this called? Like, what are, why is there randomly like a like a Palomino horse and a golden bear. And I explained to him about how they're all kind of different pieces of imagery from California. You know, the golden bear on the flag, a Palomino horse, a prospector from the gold rush, things like that. So, that was, yeah, that they kind of went around the, yeah, that California theming, the California wood. Uh, that was the, that was the, that was the, the, the concept, but you know, we probably made too many different products. We actually, did say we would go sell those products. And we were focusing on markets where we traditionally didn't have high share of market for, for wood because we didn't really want to compete with our slat customers. Yeah. So we were selling into Russia and India and other places like that where uh, traditionally we didn't sell uh, much wood to, to the various pencil manufacturers there. And we were starting some and just learning about the business. And so uh, the California Republic line, you know, kind of stayed with that that way. And it really started to change when the opportunity to introduce the Blackwing came around. Um, and it was now we we're just getting so many different brands. It was getting a little confusing. We probably had too many products. And so we decided to kind of rethink the line with the launch of the, the Blackwing brand. And then when we, so we, we, that's when we co-branded with Palomino because that was our most popular, highest quality product that we had in our range uh, that we'd kind of launched. You know, I guess that was 2010, 2000. Well, no, that was Blackwing in 2000. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The Palomino was actually, we just celebrated the ninth anniversary of launching online sales hmm. just, just recently. So, or this, I guess that's this month, but, but mm -hmm. uh, well, Johnny was a big part of that. <laughs> well, that kind of, that's kind of a perfect segue to our next question. We we're going to ask about the Blackwing line and we're wondering if you could first off, just kind of walk us through the process of, uh, Using being able to to use that name and that identity and bring that pencil back after it had disappeared from the market, and we'd also love to hear uh, with the three Blackwing pencils that you put out the the Blackwing six hundred two and the Pearl uh, why you did them in the order you did them, as in sure. kind of why didn't I guess it seemed just with bringing the Blackwing name back with your own kind of fresh version of it, we were just kind of wondering how that. Okay. decision-making process went sure uh I th i've written about this in my timberlines blog back in 2010 there were a number of posts about 
reviving the black wing that kind of talked about the process but it, from from what from the point that we started making some traction with the palomino uh product range the high-end japanese product uh early on once we started selling first on our little ebay store and then then by in around 2008 we converted pencils.com to an e-commerce site so that's when we first started pencils.com as an e-commerce site and uh, when that started happening, we started getting some traction and people started to discover Palomino and a number of people made some comparisons of that to the, the to the performance of the Blackwing pencil uh, mm-hmm. and started asking. We actually got a number of inquiries. Well, will you reproduce this unique feral uh, eraser set that that's on the Blackwing pencil? Uh, it'd be, I think that would be great on your, on your product. We looked at it for, you know, off and on for a year or two, you know, as that was going on or three and, and frankly, we just weren't selling a lot of pencils and, and looking at the minimums and what I would have to do, where I'd have to go to find that and get somebody to produce that product for us that, that what we call the feral racer set. Um, it, you know, it took a while to find somebody that we would feel comfortable would be a reliable supplier to make a quality uh, product for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when and then they wouldn't produce minimums for our needs. So finally, when they agreed, when they agreed to a to do a minimum of a hundred thousand pieces, which is only a hundred thousand pencils, but you know, at that time compared to what we were really selling in Palomino, wasn't a lot. This was more of a hobby than anything else. So mm-hmm. when we got to that point that's when we decided to move forward and frankly at that time i didn't even know the blackwing name was available we were thinking about calling this product the palomino pegasus and i was you know i had picked pegasus because of the winged horse so i was thinking about the palomino being a horse and the -hmm. blackwing concept you know here's a winged horse so it's kind of the melding of that and if you look up greek mythology the pegasus uh, you know, cave flew down to this mountain and knocked loose the rocks that, from which the spring where all the muses would gather. So there was kind of a, you know, our, you know, the yeah, that's great. concept <laughs> of connecting the product to artistic creativity or something like that, or the genesis <laughs> of artistic creativity was what why I wanted to call it the Pegasus. That should be the so, fourth. Pa- the fourth Blackwing is the Blackwing. Yeah, Pegasus. I don't know. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be a Blackwing. <laughs> that's be cool. Blackwing Pegasus. That's that <laughs> idea. Anyway. Uh, so it was during that process that we ended up with uh, just kind of doing a search and found that the Blackwing trademark had lapsed, that Newell had not renewed it. And so we filed a claim and uh, that's what we did. We you know, co-branded the Palomino with the Blackwing and put it together. Which seems now, crazy as, to me because the Blackwing still had a lot of popularity and kind of a cult following. So I can't believe they just never renewed that. Well, I don't, you know, I think they're a big company. Yeah, they have a lot of they're divisions. They're very focused on, you know, the reason they discontinued the product originally was simply because the machine broke Yeah. to make the ferrules and that they didn't find, you know, that there was, you know, they were focused on mass market. So they didn't really find that this was a high volume product that they were, had a lot of traction with. So they decided it wasn't worth fixing the machine. Yeah. So, that, you know, that that's old history, but um, from... From our standpoint, what we were looking at doing as to why did we do the, the version that we did and not do a replica version from the beginning, that was primarily focused around the fact that, uh, f- from my perspective, we were 
I wanted, there were two, two objectives with this launch. One was that when we got the Blackwing name, we felt, okay, that's great. We want to honor the tradition of the Blackwing, but when I looked at the at the at the Blackwing, the old Blackwing pencils, we found we actually found a range of graphite performances over time, and so you know the most recent production over the last fifteen or twenty years being on the firmer side than the softer versions that were you know when you go back to the original product uh, in the '30s or '40s being launched and things like that. So. Um, we looked at that. We didn't have access to the formulations or you know anything like that. So all we could do is compare to other products. And when we really compared to the product, we compared to our Palomino HB, which was our best-selling item. And I said we want to differentiate that a little bit, and we want to create a super smooth, soft feel, because when we have somebody who may not be as exposed to pencils, who sees this unique design and hears the story of the Blackwing. Uh, coming out, they'll find a, th th when they use it for the first time, they're going to have such a noticeable difference than most other pencils because we're going to the softer version than they might be used to. And mm -hmm. so smooth and buttery soft, you know, in a way, in, in, in that the, the feel for that, that product, that we felt that would help us engage new people into pencils that maybe had been become mechanical pencil people or even pen people and didn't really, you know, weren't as weren't as you know connected to using pencils anymore. So we thought it was a way maybe to get a good story for, for expanding an interest in pencils overall. And so, and the fact that we just didn't think we could duplicate that lead exactly, it was it was more to honor that. So that's why we introduced the first version, the Palomino Blackwing with the matte black. You know, I felt a black wing. I kind of felt a black pencil made sense. And as I, a, that's still know. the prettiest one, I think. So, like I, yeah. I think my my favorite one is the 602 but I think the classic is still the like the best looking of the of the new Blackwings. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was, you know, it was great. It was well received. It, you know, October 1st, 2010 was our our launch date. Um and it would un, I what I wasn't really trying to, but at some at one point we ended up getting, you know, we sent out some samples for people to to comment on and then a couple people started posting i i, I wasn't really expecting that mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it started a lot of people started talking about it and we felt like well let's the, the feedback generally we're getting on the product is good we should go with it we were a little concerned about the speckling on the product with some of the gold uh, flake uh, mm. on the foil yeah uh, that that on the first run and that was one of the reasons why we kind of sent some things out to get some input on that but i couldn't tell people that before i launched it <laughs> just because i don't want to draw attention to something i wanted to see if people noticed it on their own yeah. and commented on it so, and, and now that could be a collector's edition yeah it could be well yeah. it is i guess <laughs> if you still have some of those originally one. I have normally one. <laughs> they're a little bit better now but black is the hardest color pencil to print on hmm. uh and and you're more likely to see those kind of flecking and those kind of things on black pencils in general. Especially a matte black, I would bet. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the 602 really came about because once we launched, the a lot of the traditional fans said, well, wait, where's the 602? You know, why isn't the eraser pink? What, <laughs> you know, where's the half the pressure, twice the speed? So we <laughs> kind of looked at it, started talking to, to our Japanese uh, lead supplier, you know, we started experimenting with some of their other lead formulations to see if we could find something that was firmer and closer to the, you know, the the product that had been produced that probably people who are using it, you know, for, for you know for the last 20 years or so were used to getting. 
And so that's, you know, so we worked hard to get that launched uh, within, I guess we launched the first one in October of 2010 and the, the next one in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we waited a year focusing on building our distribution a little bit more before doing the Pearl version in 2013, I guess it was yeah. last year. We, we introduced that last spring, spring of last year. And, and there like a, we were just going for a different look and feel, the pearly finish with, you know, something more balanced in between. Some people feel one's a little firm and one's a little soft. And so. And I've talked to a lot of people who really like the pearl the best, like not only in kind of the way it looks, but in, you know, the way it works as well. I like it. I use it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, another thing we were hoping we could talk about is something you've mentioned on your blog in the last month or so, and that is the role of blogging and social media and pencildom in general. Um, for instance, it, you know, so many people have heard of products through blogs or through the best pencil podcast in the world. And <laughs> the like pen that. So, addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, could you talk about that a bit? Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean... I think that, you know, it's, it's been a great, the web and, and blogs and, and all these social media have really been a great chance for any company. It doesn't have to be a pencil company. It could be any company or any brand or any product. It's, you know, it's a place to learn a lot of things and find people, people with similar interests. So it, it much, much more. So yeah, there's always been kind of a pencil collector's society, uh, and and those kind of people do find themselves find find one another i guess over over time but uh the the web is just a great enabler of a whole host of different ways of communicating and sharing experiences and so what's interesting I mean, to me charles is as i feel i feel like Kelseeder and pencils.com is one of the the best um kind of pencil manufacturers and retailers on social media i think that jet pens is pretty pretty good as well but you guys you guys understand it in a way that like, you know, Dixon does not <laughs> or, you know, um, Mitsubishi or Tombow or you know, any of those kind of penciled presences. Yeah, well, well, I, I mean, you know, we're coming at it from a different place. You yeah. know, these are these are great companies, uh, you know, they're and, they're, you know, most all of them are customers of ours on the wood side. So these companies make fabulous, wonderful products. And uh, but and they've been in the market for a long time and they have these traditional uh, distribution channels that they've built up and, you know, those distribution channels, you know, even since the nineties have been changing a lot, uh, just with, you know, consolidation of, of, of large, you know, the first there was the mass warehouse club office supply clubs or the bigger art supply chains and, and things like that that began happening and things like that. But, but those companies, they have a more traditional method and the pencil industry itself, pencil has been commoditized so, for so long in some ways that when global competition happened uh, and and the Chinese pencils started coming in the market, Indonesian pencils started coming in the market and started seeing a lot more, you know, production of, you know, what we call private label pencils for in-house retail brands or just new marketing companies buying pencils from some third-party manufacturer that aren't established in the pencil business. So yeah. there, was, there was a great deal of competitive pressure on the industry. And, and frankly, 
it, there wasn't a lot of view that a lot of marketing made a lot of sense for a lot of pencils. I mean, there's some companies like Faber Castell. I mean, they're fat. You know, they're, I would consider them probably the best company out there in terms of the way they market their brand, and, and they've been in a, very innovative with the pencils. And there's a lot of great companies out there, but. I think from our standpoint, from the beginning, we were faced with a challenge. We were saying, look, we're a traditional industrial wood supplier. Our real, our real goal here is to bring awareness to the pencil. That's why we have pencils.com to, to educate consumers, to, you know, create more fans, to make the pencil fun again. And we started looking at how were we going to do that? We couldn't afford to go out and spend a lot of money on traditional marketing channels that when we saw, you know, we came up, so we came of age at the time when all these new social media and web tools were coming, you know, coming into the forefront. So, you know, I guess, you know, I just started experimenting it right, you know, early on with it. You know, I, when, when, uh, Johnny contacted us in, I guess, you know, about Forest Choice, he had, he had found our Forest Choice site when we had, we had introduced Forest Choice pencils some years earlier. It was the first FSC pencil and Johnny contacted us because he had found our website, you know, just for that particular pencil where we were just trying to create awareness about FSC and Forest and Forest certification uh, to build that interest in, the, in that kind of product range for the marketplace. Johnny contacts us and says, I'm starting this blog to review pencils called Pencil Revolution. I'd like to use your Forest Choice pencil to review first. So that was the first review he did. And you were like, of any get out of here, you crazy person. <laughs> and I said, sure. Well, <laughs> we sent him blog. some product. And what? all of a sudden, we started getting orders. So, you know, I, it was kind of a, there was a direct feedback from that. It was great. And I think about that time pretty soon. I can't remember one of those, Johnny. What, what was it? There, what was the, what was the uh, site that posted about just the word pencils or something like that? And that with a link to your website. I can't remember what it was, but. <laughs> And all of a sudden, your your viewership or just a, a ton of people started coming to the pencil revolution, and and so we got a we got a little hit, bit of hit from that. So I sent you know I sent him copies of the rest of the California pencil range, and he liked the Palomino pencil and said, "Boy, where can I get this?" And I said, "Well, in Russia." <laughs> <laughs> Short trip. He said. So he said, "Well, you know, if you have some place online to sell it, you know, I'll do a story about it." So I, in about two days put together an eBay store and put about 14 or 15 of our California, you know, Republic pencils up on the eBay store. And, and Johnny posted an article on, you know, our little review of the Palomino, the orange and blue HBs or something like that, I guess it was. Yep. And that's where it started. Those. That's how the, that's how we got all started. And so we engaged right away with those tools. And I had, I had been thinking about doing a blog of my own. So I actually started mine you know, kind of in that time frame. Although I'm not, you know, I'm not doing a lot. I'm not doing reviews. I tend to talk. You know, I'm very long-winded, as you can tell. Uh, so I write, you know, in I detail. I used to edit his work. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to do some of that here. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you used to have this uh, this guy who ran your Twitter feed for a while, who was pretty amazing back in 2011. At pencils. I know that guy. <laughs> He's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, Andy. I mean, that's when we, when we, uh, I guess, when did you start? It you, was you worked with us from like 2000, late 2011. Well, late late 2010 to yeah, late, late 2010 to, and I worked full time for just a few months, and then um, freelance for a few months after that. All right. Yeah. 
But yeah, so that you was were there. You were there for the first two pencils. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. we loved having you on our team. Cool. Um, what? Okay, so I guess I'll cut this out a little bit because I think I paused too much. Three, four, four. I take kind of live edit notes as I go. Um, so, um. One of the questions we have, uh, Charles, is just as somebody who's seen a lot of pencils and just is very discerning, what what makes a great pencil? Not just a good pencil, but a really great pencil. Just kind of, you know, the characteristics of each of the different components in your view. Uh, well, I mean, you can answer that question technically as, well, you know, quality of the raw materials, the quality of the, of the craftsmanship and, and things like that. I mean, ultimately, each pencil is being used by the end user uh, for a particular purpose. And there's so many different things that people may be using pencils for. Uh, and there's so much subjectivity to, to those things that, that yeah. it, I would say a lot of that deficient, that defi- that definition of what a great pencil what makes a great pencil is really going to be different for so many different people. But certainly it's from our standpoint, you know, ultimately the, the material that you're depositing on the, on the paper, whether, whether it's a graphite pencil or an art uh, artist coloring pencil or a wa- aquarelle or, you know, a lip liner for, for lipstick, you know, or lip liner pencils or eyebrow pencils or things like that. Those are all products that are used wood case pencils from our standpoint, all those things, it's the core. It's the, that's, that's the material that's being deposited. So, you know, it starts with that, the, the wood technically is, is really just a casing, but in a way it has a big, the way it couples with the, with the core is, is important into a lot of areas of, of performance from the standpoint of the, the finishing, the sharpenability, uh, the ability to have a nice smooth finish, both from a wood machining technical standpoint and from a lacquering and imprinting uh, tan- standpoint. Of course, cost is always an important factor. So, but in terms of what, you know, I think consistent quality of craftsmanship that, that really thinks about the end use of that product uh, is, is extremely important. Um, and beyond that, you know, there's a lot of reputations that get built over time that people attach to the brand. So, uh, it's, it's, there's been a lot of new innovative products and things like, I mean, triangular pencils, you know, they're fairly common now. They, and they, you know, were experimented with a hundred years ago, but they really weren't much in the market until about 15, 20 years ago. That's when a lot more people started, doing triangular pencils. Now you came up, you know, Faber-Castell has this great grip pencil that kind of innovated the area of, of new tactile type areas. There's uh, Lyra has its grooves. Stabilo has uh, another product that are all set to help person or a child hold the pencil correctly. Hmm. Ergonomics has become a big part of that. So I think it has a lot to do with really the intended, ultimately the intended use. I mean, if you're an artist, and and you're you're using a color pencil as your medium uh, light fastness is of course a really important thing you don't want the you don't want the color to fade over time at, on your piece of art if it's, if it's displayed in some way so that's a big area that a, a number of the large the, the great brands like derwent and and faber and caron dash and all these companies have really done a lot of work on improving light fastness and performance and just the textures of their materials uh, can, it's can crazy. Ex- with with a, a cosmetic bit what, company, there's thousands of different formulations. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Can you explain a little bit about what light fastness is? Light a... fastness. So, so I mean, if you even if you take an ink pen, for example, right, and you write on a piece of paper, and you expose it to light over time, like maybe it's maybe it's something that's on, you know, it, maybe it's a piece of art hanging on the wall. Uh, UV light will degrade that hmm. ink, or mm -hmm. that pigment, whether it's a ink or whether it's some other material. So. Uh, that is something that some of the pencil, the color pencil manufacturers focus a lot on and in differentiating their product because the artists, the best artists want to make sure their, their art lasts. Yeah. You know, I've seen old letters written in pen that I can't read. I've seen graphite pencils that are a hundred years old, uh, graphite, you know, letters that are a hundred years old that, uh, re read the same today as they did a hundred years ago. I think, I, think I was in college. Go on, Tim. Sorry. When I was in college, I worked in the archives at the small liberal, liberal arts school, and one of my jobs in the archives was to uh, transcribe letters from the founder of the school to his wife Like when he, when he was on trips, and we would just try to write down as many of those as we could, and most of them were written in pencil, and some of these letters were about uh, 120 years old. And like, I mean, besides his handwriting, you could read them probably just as well as you could on the day he wrote them. So I, I think that... Um... You know, Tim had kind of the best question, um, you know, that I didn't even think of, you know, to ask Charles just to kind of wrap things up. And and uh, well, I'll let I'll let Tim ask the question because it's it's a pretty great one, I think. Well, I had just been I, I forget how the question came to mind, but I had been writing with a few nice pencils in the course of a day, uh, some Palomino pencils and also the, the high uni mono 100. They'd been in my in my pack and I'd been writing with them at school and I just the question came to mind, um, has the pencil been perfected is the question that came to mind. And with, and especially talking about these high quality pencils and kind of setting the subjective thing aside, like you had mentioned, cause that's definitely true for different people. Pencil might be, uh, you know, already perfect, but maybe not for others. So I just wondered what your viewpoint is on that. Like what aspect of the pencil could be improved upon, or is it something that's kind of reached a, a a peak of sorts. Ultimately, I'd say I believe that uh, perfection is a perfection is a goal that we all strive to achieve, and I think continue to strive to achieve. So I don't think we've reached perfection. I think that you know it's only it's limited only by your imagination, creativity, and ability to execute. Uh, on new ideas and concepts. And, and I would say that for a time, I would say there's been a lot more innovation in the pencil business, actually, probably in the last 10 to 15 years than there probably was for the 25 or 20, 20 or 25 years before that. Um, and part of that's just been the fact that, you know, the world's changed so much and, and, Traditionally, there were, you know, maybe a hundred different companies around the world manufacturing pencils. Uh, you know, when we exclude the Chinese market, which wasn't really a accessible market to the rest of the world, or uh, you know, a number of countries where they had closed markets. But when you looked at kind of the the global industry, there were maybe a hundred pencil manufacturers, and many of them have been around for generations and generations. And and as the world started to open up and we started to see more, you know, more investment in Asia and, 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 and this is a story for many products, not just pencils, but, 
those things uh, created a sense of change and a need to stay relevant. And I think any company today needs to uh, continue to innovate uh, in order to just to survive in the marketplace. And so I think perfection is something is a goal that we strive for. I, you know, and I don't think, I think there's many probably ways to perfect performance of pencils. I can't say what they all are today. We have some of our own ideas about our own products that we'd like to do in the future, but uh, you know, by no, no means do I think, uh, you know, can we, can, you know, have we reached the limits of what can make a great pencil? Mm -hmm. Uh, it takes a lot of thought about how it's being used and who the, who the customer is and, and things like that. Of course, it's a very competitive market. So what you can spend on developing a new product relative to the market size and the potential and your ability to get it into the product, the market, um, you know, there may or may not be a return on investment for it. So we're still, you know, this is a new business for us. It, you know, we've been making pencils now or marketing pencils. We don't even, for five years, we produced our own pencils in our tie facility, but we closed that, we closed that down and sold it back to our, one of our customers in the industry. And we use the experience and knowledge and know-how of our customers around the world to make spe specific products for the given design or need of a product that we want and partner with those customers that are using our wood for their own pencils. And so I, you know, I think there's a lot of ability to do some things. I think, you know, you look at technology and the interplay between technology and analog and digital, and, and you've already seen some things recently with some other products where, you know, Stetler, for example, has their product as a stylus type pencil that also is a, you know, their Wopex product. So I think there's a lot of different things. And what is that called? Okay. The pencil? Yep. Yeah, I guess Pretty they cool. decided to call it the pencil. A <laughs> little, little presumptuous, but you know. <laughs> we actually called the Blackwing the pencil in a campaign, in one of our first <laughs> campaigns back in late 2011, I think. So. <laughs> Well, uh, what's next why, but... for? I'm sorry. Um, uh, what's next for Blackwing and what, Palomino? What's next? Are we uh, going to do Blackwing? We have ones? some thoughts about what we're doing. We have some. We have some plans. I'm not going to give anything away right now. So oh, this will never <laughs> air. You can tell us. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> listens to this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We we do have some ideas. We have we have several things, and you know, I've I've seen a lot of. You know, we get a lot of input. I, I I follow the group, and there's a lot of good ideas that comes. I asked for input for pen, newpencils.com products recently on Erasable uh, Facebook group, and a lot of people put some ads, put some put some thoughts down. That was really nice of everybody to participate with that. And I think we've already added some of the new generals items and some other things mm -hmm. that over the next few weeks and months from our existing customers. But we mm -hmm. have some ideas for some Blackwing pen products. Of course, we just launched the the new notebook uh with the slate and yeah. so we're excited about that really nice we're, we're getting we're getting some good response with that and we've thought about some accessory items as well as a couple of, of pencils uh but you know we're not trying to be you know there's already great companies out there uh that are got a lot of wide range of pencils so we're not trying to be all things to all people with our brands we we can't we can't be we're just too small this is like a you know, I think people don't realize there's what four people who work there, five people. Uh, <laughs> well, in marketing, I don't know. We've yeah. got our team is growing. So yeah, we're actually going to be moving into some new offices in the next six months. I really, hope. that's cool. Offices and warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Still in Stockton, or are you moving into? Yeah, 
cool. Yeah. You're, you're not moving on to the boat? No. This is this is one of the coolest things, the um, the sister company Duraflame to California Cedar. Um, their offices are all on a uh, a ferry that used to shuttle people across the bay. So just on a on a little outlet off of a river in Stockton. It's really, really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I thought about going Coast? over there, but... Yeah. Can, can you get it to New York? We can all meet there. <laughs> or even Florida. That's, that's, it doesn't that's have a, it doesn't have a workable engine anymore. It just goes up and down with the tides. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just paddle. It'll it. take a while. <laughs> yeah, just, just a few dozen paddles. And... <laughs> so Charles, I know that um, you know you talked a little bit about the slate and some of the black wings, but any anything else, anything coming up that you really want to push or promote while you're here? Uh, well, I just first I want to thank you guys for all that you guys do for talking and sharing about pencils and notebooks. And I know, you know, the three of you together building this group has been really fun to watch. And I'm it's great. There's a bunch of engaged people. I appreciate all the seeing all the comments and engagement by everybody. So it's, it's nice to see, you know, that there's a group of people out there that that care about the products they're using when it comes to pencils and and uh so you know, I I do I do, you know, watch and participate when I can, and I do listen to those ideas. That doesn't mean we get things out all the time, you know. But you know, <laughs> some of those things take a year or two to think through and decide whether we're really going to do it. It's you know whether that whether there's a real market for some of those ideas. But I think you know, uh, you know, just I like listening to the market and trying to respond to the market, and and I appreciate what you guys are doing. So. I think it's one of the amazing things about that group is I think there's the fact that, you know, we have people like you on there, people who are, you know, making the things that everybody's talking about, the black wings, the notebooks. And, you know, that that's a great thing about, you know, this Facebook group and just about social media in general is, you know, they have a they have a direct ear to you. So and thank you for participating. That's that's huge to have you on there. Well, I'm. I was happy to do it, and glad that you asked. And, and I need to send an invite to uh, Baron uh, Faberg von Castell and get him on there. Count Tony. Count yes. Count, not Baron. Yeah. Get off von Castell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can we call Maybe he'd do it. I don't know. <laughs> I was reading that um, that profile of him um, that I linked to a while ago, and I just never realized he he looks like Christopher Plummer. Like I can just imagine him just sitting around and like. I don't know. He he just he just looks like a like a movie count. So he's, he's a good man. He has <laughs> yeah. he's a very smart man about what you know what they've done with the company. I really admire Faber Castell as a as a company in our industry as a customer. Uh, and you know they make us better as a supplier. They're yeah. they're extremely dedicated to quality. And you know these days. Uh, with all consumer goods, uh, there's more and more regulatory issues that we're all dealing with mm. in industry from, you know, consumer product safety issues to environmental standards to all times of different things. And, and you know, the, the great brands out there, they're all being leaders in the, in the industry associations addressing how the industries need to address and adapt to those changes and, and work with uh, the regulatory environment, and it makes it harder for smaller companies actually because the compliance costs get uh, tougher and tougher. Yeah, you know. Great. Well, can you tell our listeners where to find you online for the the folks that might not know? Sure, sure. Well, okay. Me personally, or you're talking about the the company? We have oh, Cal both. Cedar. 
Cal yeah. Cedar, of course, is our California Cedar Products Company is our corporate, uh, you know, and that's our calcedar.com. There you can really talk, get a basic information about our three, what I call our three business units, uh, the slat business, the Palomino Brands unit, uh, which which carries our branded range, and then pencils.com, which is our uh, consumer channel, uh, you know, in terms of of blogs, uh, you know, I have my blog, the Timberlines.com. Well, it's not. Well, it's actually Timberlines at Blogspot. I haven't changed. I haven't migrated that. <laughs> but you can link to it from from Calcedar.com. Uh, we have some changes coming up. We've had some issues late with the Calcedar website, but it'll be. Uh, you, you should be able to find the links to that. We have Pencils Blog, which features pencil artists of the week every week, uh, and just talks about the new products that we have and just types to share share fun things about pencils uh in a different way we don't do a lot of product reviews per se we leave we leave that to you guys uh and we actually do have a new website called uh, blackwing602.com which is our new fan site i don't know if you guys have seen it yet yeah mm-hmm. for, for the blackwing brand and it's really showing off the creativity of our of the users of the product and it's it's a it's a place to tell stories about the use of Blackwing. We're doing a lot in the music arena uh, with that with Blackwing, and actually uh, have founded a nonprofit foundation, Blackwing Foundation, which is focused on K through 12 arts and music education. So, a, a portion of all the proceeds from Blackwing products that are purchased go into the foundation every year, uh, and we are partnering with some great organizations to put some great stuff together out there and it's it's been a personal goal or passion of mine to support arts and music education uh for a long time and my wife and i have made the commitment to put both our personal funds into it as well as an allocation of of product from that of course pencils.com you can find you know our products and great products from a lot of our customers i i would say we'd probably could should be adding a lot more products to try to make it easier to find some of these Harder to find products, as you said. There's some good, good companies like Jet Pens out there and things like that that are doing a good job, as well, bringing a lot of products to the market. And so, it's great to see that. I really, you know, and uh, at Pencils.com, we also have our own. We have we do a component of what we do that just supports gifts in kind and in pencils to uh, education initiatives. In fact, we just did something locally in our town uh to support education in, in our own hometown but we we partner with a few different organization uh kids in need foundation is a lot of the pencil industry and writing instrument school supply industries uh supports that organization and they, they provide uh school supplies to on by grants to schools and we, we kind of give through them and a couple other international organizations as well that's cool so just trying to make pencils fun fun again i guess as we say now kind of our new i guess if you'd say if you look at the picture the business overall if you, you know kind of what's the mission of cal cedar uh the way i think of it now is you know we're about uh we're really kind of focused on on empowering great success stories for you know about pencils from you know anywhere from the tree to the final nub from the use of it uh, all the way back up to the wood supply where we work so that's very cool. Excellent. Uh, where can we find you online, Tim? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Writing Arsenal. You can read my writings at thewritingarsenal.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at thewritingarsenal. 
I am uh, no, it's all right. I'm Andy Welfley. Um, you can find me on woodclinch.com or on Twitter at a w e l f as in Frank l e um, or at woodclinched. I'm Johnny Gamber at pencilrevolution.com at pencilution on Twitter and Johnny Gamber on Instagram. I think I interrupted Andy. No, it's all right. sorry okay and we are erasable the world's only and best podcast about pencils many 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 thanks to charles barrelsheimer for being on today um i think we were all totally totally looking forward to this oh yeah and you you can find well i hope i hope it was interesting so thanks for having me yeah definitely this is going to be a classic (laughs) (laughs) i think we have a couple classics so it's good company (laughs) Um, We are found at erasable.us. This particular episode will be erasable.us slash 14. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable to join what is also the best pencil Facebook group on the planet. (laughs) And we are on Twitter at erasablepodcast.com. I'm sorry, at erasablepodcast. (laughs) Dota.